But as you've been hearing in the news, the fiscal update released earlier today showing a surplus of $5.7 billion in B.C. Joining us to talk a bit more about this is B.C.'s Minister of Finance, Selena Robinson. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. A lot of people are using the word stunning to talk about this number, the surplus of more than $5 billion. I know you've talked about it coming from higher personal and corporate income tax numbers. Can you talk a little bit more of where this number came from? Well, consistent with other jurisdictions, our second quarterly report confirms that, you know, we've had a fast economic recovery and that's led to these stronger than expected revenues um, here in British Columbia, but frankly, right across the nation. We're not, uh, we're not unique in, the, in, this, in this particular instance. And what we've seen is um, um, income tax revenues, uh, personal income tax uh, revenues, as well as corporate income tax revenues are, are much higher than, than was anticipated. It's a big jump, though, when we look at the number from seven hundred and six million, the anticipated seven hundred six million, all the way up to five point seven billion. I mean, that is a huge, huge jump. Yeah, well, and the way the way that we forecast uh, the, these sorts of revenues is based on um, the CRA when they provide the provinces and territories point in time data for personal and corporate income tax revenues, and so information for the twenty twenty one tax year only starts to become available after tax returns are filed um, in the spring, right, April 30th, and then, you know, and then they trickle in through the summer of 2022, and then final assessments actually aren't even completed yet. So each, uh, with each quarter, we get better and better data that allows us to um, anticipate uh, these revenues. And so the increased revenue data for personal and corporate income taxes in this second quarter just reflects the updates that we've been getting from CRA. And like I've said, I, you know, I've, I've, the finance ministers I met with earlier this week, um, they're all seeing the same, the same results, very similar results to, to us in terms of these increases in, in personal income tax revenue and corporate income tax, income tax revenue. So when someone hears that number, uh, the $5.7 billion, and then also hears it linked to personal income tax, uh, some might say, well, hold on a second. Doesn't that mean we're being taxed too much? But it sounds like what you're saying is it's kind of catching up and it's the economy coming back and the numbers kind of catching up to, to where we are today. Not that we're paying too much in taxes. Exactly, exactly. And it's really about what we anticipated based on what we were seeing historically. Um, and so remember, you know, we weren't sure how the economy was going to rebound after COVID, after a shutdown. Uh, we have, we, you know, when we built this budget, war in Ukraine, supply chain challenges, uh, uh, COVID shutdowns in China, we're, which are continuing now. We've been following what's happening there globally, um, what impact that's going to have on the economy. So we're still in somewhat of an uncertain time. Now we're seeing global inflation, um, rising interest rates. And so there's still a lot of, of some, you know, of that uncertainty. But what, 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 what we're seeing with this um, surplus is that we, you know, the investments that we've been making as a government have really paid off in keeping the economy going, keeping people working, making sure that people could continue to, um, you know, have their employment. Um, and uh, as a result, you know, pay income tax that pays for all the services, the health care, the public safety, uh, rebuilding of roads that get washed out because of a, of a, of, of flooding and a, and an atmospheric river. So all of um, the things that we've been dealing with are be- because we've been able to keep our economy resilient. Um, and I think that's an acknowledgement of the hard work of British Columbians. 
Uh, when we look at the number as well, and some of the things that you just mentioned and things people will uh, remember or think about the ICBC rates and some of the other expenditures. So am I correct in saying that so about $2 billion of the $5.7 billion has already been accounted for as far as paying for some of those things? Well, well yes, um, that, is, that is accounted for. And I, again, you know, we started with I, in hearing the pressures that people were having um, and the squeeze that, that families were experiencing, you know, that is why we brought in the ICBC rebates in the, in the summer. And then in the fall, the school affordability fund uh, to help families uh, through the school system. Um, we a billion dollars for climate action tax credit and the BC affordability credit increases um, that were in October. And now in January that the, the premier EB announced uh, the hydro, um, the BC hydro bill credit uh, as well that, um, the Premier announced, and we also have um, BC family benefit payments that are starting uh, additional ones to, to, again, to continue to support families. So really since June and into um, March, which is this fiscal year, um, we've been continuing to help people, people who are feeling squeezed, who, who sort of are seeing um, this in, inflationary pressures that are globally, and of course we're feeling it here as well, around food and transportation and housing costs and just providing additional support to take some of the pressure, some of the pressures off. Uh, we've already seen some pretty significant uh, spending announcements uh, from our new Premier, from Premier EB, uh, including the $230 million for police funding, uh, for hiring more officers in those more rural, uh, remote areas. Uh, when people hear this number, though, and they look at long wait lists at Children's Hospital, they look at ambulance uh, service that isn't uh, as robust as people would like it, they look at emergency rooms that are still shutting down in some areas, uh, they're going to wonder wh- when is that going to be addressed and if there is a 5.7 billion dollar surplus why isn't that money immediately being put into areas like that uh, what what do you say to that well we're we're continuing to invest that, that that's act, that's not quite accurate we've been continuing to invest it's why you know we have uh, this um, we're revamping how we pay doctors um, that works better for doctors so that they um, can uh, properly you know pay for their staff and their costs so we have been, and there, there hasn't been a, um, um, th- this this uh, second quarter uh, report um, hasn't um, will continue to influence us in terms of continuing to make investments in healthcare, in education. Um, that's why you know we've been uh, working with the public sector um, and and developing a wage mandate that works, and that's why we're we're getting these agreements because we recognize how critical these services are. Um, and, and there's certainly more to do. No one is, is denying that at all. Um, and again, because of the economic strength that we have, what it means for us as government and what it means for us as British Columbians, that we can continue to invest in the things that matter to people, whether it is public safety, whether it is health care or education or affordability or housing. We have um, some strength here to continue to deliver uh, for British Columbians. Are you concerned at all that this, while it is a good story looking at the surplus, that it could make it more difficult when trying to negotiate or getting more money for things like health care from the federal government? Well, actually not. I mean, we need to remember that that part of what we're seeing is a is a rebound, right, that that has come from um, the the impacts of a pandemic that essentially shut things down and, and slowed things down. They didn't shut things down. We were very fortunate here in British Columbia. But also, um, we know that the federal government um, has a dwindling role, has had a dwindling role in, co- in covering health care costs. 
We have an aging population. We don't know um, how these numbers are going to hold. Uh, we, uh, you know, we are hearing from different economists that, that there's going to be an economic slowdown. We're seeing private forecasters um, suggest that the economy will only grow by 0.5% in 2023. Um, so again, we don't, um, we don't have a great line of sight to how things are going to play out given inflation, given interest rates, given war in Ukraine, given that we still are dealing with COVID and China is continuing to sort of shut down. Um, and so these are, um, there are times there, there are headwinds um, in front of us that we need to be ready for. And I know British Columbians all, you know, we all deserve a healthcare system that works for us. And we are continuing to invest at the provincial level, but we do need a real partner in this with us. And that's uh, where the federal government comes in. All right. Uh, Minister Robinson, thank you so much for your time today and for chatting with us. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Have a great day.